Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, bow, number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow. Mo, you know what phrase comes to mind? What's that? There's a famous quote. It goes, "Make plans and God laughs." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, story of my fucking life right there. <laughs> because somehow, Mo, it's the year 2020, and instead of this episode being the final one of 2019, it's the first one of a brand new year. Yeah, and, and like barely making it into the first month. <laughs> <laughs> By the time people are hearing it, almost certainly after the first month. <laughs> but yes, it's January 2020. Uh there's a lot of reasons for that that we don't have to get into. One of the reasons is that I've been uh, sick recently. Uh, I've got... Uh, I feel like we should just change the name of this uh, show to Lemony Snicket because it just feels like a constant series of unfortunate events. Oh, wow. That's a great reference too, Mo. Uh, mm. I, I mean, honestly, instead of making this show bi-weekly, we probably should have made it monthly a long time ago. But no, right. we're going to keep to it this time. <laughs> uh, we, I feel like we say that every time. Mo, I've been sick recently, and that's worrisome uh, because... Uh, Do you have the coronavirus? It's possible I've developed this uh, this dangerous virus... That, you know, by the time people are hearing this, might have spread to the fact that th- me making a joke about it is no longer amusing at all. <laughs> it's probably not amusing now because people have died from it, Mo. People died. Oh. Uh, see, I don't watch the news. So. Well, that's probably a, a good and absolutely ridiculous thing for you to say. <laughs> well, I mean, I live in Florida, so you could just imagine. Bad stuff starts in Florida. Is that what the coronavirus is? Or is it here in Florida? No, no, it's not. It's in. It, well, it has started in China, but now it's spreading oh, throughout the world. To Florida, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's in Toronto. Let you know. I feel like we're are dating ourselves already because either <laughs> when people are listening to this, this is either going to be maybe not as big of an issue anymore, or will be so much of an issue that they can't possibly listen to this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah. I will say that there are certain elements of the uh, movie that we're going to talk about today that felt like they were tuned in to current events. You know, this is about a plague. The movie that we're talking about, the third in a uh, trilogy of movies about a zombie. The Mm -hmm. first third movie that we've done. The first third. You know, this is kind of exciting, Mo. Uh, there, There would be not a lot of creators or creative people that we would devote three full episodes especially now that they've <laughs> they're only coming out once a month or so we can't even mm-hmm. uh, uh devote that much of our time to somebody because it means we're taking it away from someone else but i there was a part of me that as soon as we watched the second plaga zombie film 
I knew that eventually we really had to cover the third one, and probably within a reasonable amount of time, because the longer we get away from the second one, and this was an issue already, the more I forgot about every detail that wasn't related to John West. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I, I like honestly, like a week later, I had forgotten everything except for John West. John West. Now that is not a criticism of the film or no, the filmmakers. That's, that's it, my memory. Yeah, our brains are fucking like rotted uh we are honestly we're kind of useless as human beings at this point i don't want to speak for mo but i mean we're just no, not i'm useful. beyond useless yeah yeah so um, it's a it's a real problem actually uh i you know that's half the reason why i went back and started listening to a lot of the older episodes because people would constantly say to me hey do you remember this thing you said in an older episode and believe it or not that like that actually happens fairly regularly and um <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll sit there i'll be like no i don't remember anything about that episode so i went back and I you say to a bunch look of i episodes. don't co-host a podcast i don't know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> yeah i don't go that far i mean like <laughs> like i'm like it's at the point now where it's like my entire existence is like is is essentially like I play Monster Hunter and I co-host a podcast and like that's like all I seem to do so. <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, every every once in a while, you know. Uh, I do want to start before we get into the movie proper. I want to send out my condolences to friends of the show, uh, Robert Long, who recently lost mm. his father in a really unfortunate uh, and really unpleasant incident. Robert has been a really strong supporter of us uh, for a very, very long time. Uh, and we've mentioned him several times in the past. And uh, our heart goes out to him. And, uh, you know, certainly I know that we're thinking about him. I know that all the uh, people who have encountered him, whether it be through the WNUF Halloween special or his connection with Don Dohler, uh, we certainly, uh, you know, we, we, we want him to know that we're, uh, we're thinking about him during what must be a really difficult time. I feel like in the near future, we should cover a uh, Don Dohler film in his you know honor. What? You know what? Especially because uh, I believe Don Dohler's birthday just passed at the time that we uh, are recording this. It would be nice to go back into the filmography, stretch our legs a little bit, experience the classics, Mo. Absolutely. Speaking of classics, yeah, this is the third of the Plaga Zombie films. For those who have not heard of this franchise before, you probably should go back and listen to uh, our episodes on Plaga Zombie and Plaga Zombie uh, Zona Mutante. This I, is, I, would, I would argue that they should go back and watch the movies. Because which, which is a pretty easy thing to do because they are it, all available legally uh, with English subtitles on YouTube. Now, these are Argentinian zombie films uh though with a um it, it's made it made kind of a left turn in the second film into also a little bit of science fiction as well but certainly uh you know if you're a fan of <laughs> of the of zombie movies in general you'll get a lot uh you'll recognize a lot of the tropes in these movies yeah. ultraviolent uh started being made on a very very low budget uh, get gets a lot more polished uh, as the franchise goes along and now we're going to be talking about Plaga Zombie, Zona Mutante, Revolution Toxica from the year 2011. <laughs> yeah, I know. I took Spanish in university. Can you tell? <laughs> you certainly speak Spanish like a Canadian. <laughs> I, I'm, look, I, I, can't, I can't pretend that my pronunciation is going to be perfect on this episode, but I can pretend that I'm going to, I'm going to act like every word I say is being said 100% spot on. Plaga Zombie... <laughs> This is a franchise we have a lot of affection for. 
the funny thing about this going into the third film in 2011 is that this started as a micro-budget franchise. It's still a very low-budget franchise as we get 15 years after the first film's creation. But, uh, you know, it's it's when I said it was getting more polished, I'm not joking. This is a real movie, right? Once we oh, get yeah. to this point, everything feels... And, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that equipment has come down in price, that it's a little bit easier to get professional-looking uh, uh, filmmaking uh, look uh, in 2011 compared to 1997. But it's pretty amazing to see, you know, these three actors, <laughs> especially considering that the story that we're seeing, again, filmed over a 15-year period, is supposed to take place over three days <laughs> in the context of the actual movie. It's pretty yeah. amazing that, I mean, honestly... Overall, even if these movies weren't really entertaining and a lot of fun, this is just an incredible accomplishment on display here. Yeah, uh, I I do like the fact too. I mean, well, we'll we'll get to it. I'm not going to mention it yet. Never. Mind. No, tell us now, Mo. <laughs> well, I was just I was just going to say, you know, like clearly the one of the characters lost a lot of weight between the second <laughs> movie and the third movie, and like they do a really sort of clever way of justifying it it's pretty funny i love that they don't just justify it character wise and you're right we'll get into this in just a few minutes but also that it becomes kind of a core part of the character Mm. arc for that character um and and that it plays into it i mean even between the uh the time that the second film and the third film was made was uh, like a decade Right, it went yeah. from 2001 to 2011, 2012. So I mean, I mean, just an unbelievable amount of time, uh, and it's. I think it's still incredible that you know we have this kind of core uh, group of actors at the center of this uh, movie. Of course, a lot of them are involved in the creation of it too. That probably helps. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Well, let's jump into Plaga Zombie, Zona Mutante, Revolution yes. Toxica. We'll have to say the full name every single time. I, I oh, know please that you don't. Please I know that don't. you haven't said it yet. I feel like yeah. That's I also a- I also didn't write it down, so I don't. <laughs> my my it, notes just say Plaga Zombie Three. It's Plaga Zombie Three. The movie starts Mo with uh, another sad note. Uh, it starts with uh, a uh, commemoration that the movie is for uh, Akave. Hopefully, I'm not pronouncing that really terribly. Uh, it's a tribute to Diego Akave, who was the film's cinematographer, who passed away in 2011. I don't know if actually he uh, saw the film's kind of final form before he passed away, mm. but very, very sad. Uh, and in fact, I did a little research on Diego. Um, yeah. There's actually a foundation, actually it's a U.S.-based foundation in his name uh, called the Diego uh, Achave Foundation. You can go to www.diegoachavefoundation.org, uh, and it's uh, it helps support... Uh, filmmakers who focus on uh, free speech and interesting projects. You can find that at that website. We'll link that in the show notes as well if you want to find out a little bit more about that. Sweet. I mean, this is a very good-looking movie. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, it's always sad to see someone obviously very very talented uh, pass away uh, tragically too young. I mean, honestly, like, the only things that they've done... Like, so... So the first two movies, like the, the the zombies in these movies, are very particular. Yes, you know they they're they're brightly colored. Mm-hmm. They have wild like patterns on them, and you know, and, and so obviously that's an aesthetic thing, and they keep up with that. And that's honestly, if they hadn't done that, first off, it would have lost a lot of the movie because that's it's hilarious. Yes, but um. But that's the only thing that really, on this one in particular, makes you still think to yourself, "Oh, this is a, 
this is a low budget film. It reminds me a little bit of the look of Street Trash, uh, the way that sure. it, you know it, it that that even though it doesn't fit in maybe with um, the, the more traditional look of what a zombie movie is, by adding that color into it, it just adds so much more visual interest. It also defines the kind of characters of these zombies a little bit more, and mm-hmm. it, and it helps you forgive some of the the kind of. Uh, uh, Maybe not as polished aspects of some of the makeup in the movie, right? So that jump. Let's just jump into the movie proper. Yeah, there's some introductory yeah, yeah. Uh, stuff. And what is the first thing we see in this movie, Mo? Uh, I believe the first thing we see is a um, a Virtual Boy, a Nintendo Virtual Boy, Mo. You ever play a Virtual Boy? No, never. I, I mean, I imagine wealthy families in the uh, mid to late nineties <laughs> were able to uh, to have one of these so, in their houses, but uh, I so, never knew anyone who had one. So, so growing up, there was a uh, uh, here's a blast from a pat from the Please. past a KB Toys uh, near my home, and uh, they had one on display. You know, like okay. a play a playable one on display. So I went in there and I played you know, one of those like brick breaker games or whatever for like a good solid, like 45, 50 minutes, you know, uh, I don't know how long after it had come out at this point it was, but I let's, let's put it this way. I was driving already by the time, time I played it. Um, so needless to say, you know, I don't know if you realize or not, but one of the big side effects of playing the virtual boy for too long is you can't see the color red. Yeah. I've heard about this. Yeah. It fucking destroys. Let's actually stop just for a second. We should explain what the virtual boy is. So please. Yeah. If you were alive in the 1990s, uh, people were very into just like in 2020, the idea of virtual reality. And so Nintendo put out a console that you basically, you can't actually hold to your head, but you look into a set of goggles that have to be kind of held stationary. And the games that you play on it were entirely in two colors, black and red. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, and you, then, actually, you actually could strap it onto your head. But the funny thing is like it, it is that it always had that stand attached to it. Right. So even if it was strapped to your head, it's, you still had the stand hanging from your face. And the console was a notorious failure. There was only a few games for it. But oh, yeah, th- yeah. that's why it appearing in this movie from 2011 is also pretty hilarious as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's fucking hilarious. Anyway, so just to finish up my quick story. Please. Um, so, like I said, I played for like 45 minutes. I was in there for a long time. And uh, and I get out and I hop in my car and then immediately run a red light because <laughs> I didn't because I didn't see that the light had, uh, <laughs> was stopped. How would you explain that one to the police officer? Huh? Oh no, they, I, I didn't I <laughs> no, didn't get course. caught, but I I didn't get caught, but I almost got hit. And then like I had to apologize and like like I wanted to pull the guy over and be like, look, I'm sorry, I just played the Virtual Boy for like 45 minutes and I can't see red right now. No, I, so I literally so I immediately just pulled back into the parking lot and sat there. Until I could see the color red again. It took like 10, 15 minutes. It was terrifying. <laughs> I could just imagine, like, imagine if this was a very popular console and, like, right? the cops are pulling people over left and right. And it's like, Virtual Boy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Virtual Boy strikes again. Uh, so maybe, maybe it's a good three, thing that it wasn't a success. Yeah. So we're three seconds into the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, so the man's playing Virtual Boy and a news report comes on. They're talking about baseball or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it starts talking about, um, you know, reports of a, a virus uh, that has plagued an entire town, which we all know is the story from the first two movies. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious yeah. because, like, the idea is there's this news broadcast 
and they're, they're they're not leading with the fact that there's a zombie infected town and those zombies are headed towards other towns instead right. they start talking about baseball and then move on to the zombie story <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not that important it's not that important so this is so there's a person we don't really know who they are playing the virtual boy he's surrounded by these like punks who are like putting on makeup um and they're getting kind of more and more interested in this story as uh, as it comes off with more detail and when the uh the newscaster starts talking about the survivors of this zombie uh, uh plague you might recognize some of the names let's have a little listen las noticias de última hora confirman que solo quedarían tres sobrevivientes de las primeras infalibles horas de la invasión sus nombres son bill johnson max giggs y el reconocido luchador de catch John West. John West, Mo. It's like, what is it? He's supposed to be like 450 pounds. 450 like pounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, first off, I'm way bigger than John West was even in part two, and I'm not 450 pounds. <laughs> so uh, for those who need a little reminder, yeah, we have three main characters uh, in, in really the first two films. It's Bill Johnson, who was really kind of our, our initial lead. Uh, he's kind of our everyman character, I guess, to some extent. We have Max yeah. Giggs, who's sort of the brains of the operation. He always wears like a hockey helmet. He, I believe he has had an arm replaced at this point. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, yeah. You can't remember for sure. Neither can I. But I'm pretty sure yeah, that's what but, happened. But one of his arms is totally messed up. So I presume that that was what happened. And we have John West, who was a uh, former pro wrestler who has now uh, been been kind of uh, conscripted into the group to battle zombies. Yep. So as this news comes on, other gang members start to kind of gather around the TV. Um, and then we get a some recorded testimony from a character from the second film. This is James Dominic Dana. I think he was an FBI agent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's it's basically him recording himself shortly before his death. Um, and we get we see the these gang members get closer and closer to the TV, and then he's basically saying, you know, uh, that, that lock your doors, don't trust anyone, and right. then they hear a knock on their door, Mo, and then what happens? Oh, the, okay. When this when this happened, I was immediately reminded of how funny this fucking series right. is. Right. You know, because they turn around and they look behind them and just popping up from <laughs> off camera, just like from the ground up, just all these fucking zombies just whoop and just attack them. And, you know, and then I was reminded at how fucking gory this series is, <laughs> you know. So we get it's not a ton of zombies, maybe you know a dozen at most, but they just lay into these gang members and tear them to shreds. Which is funny because you almost think because they're the first fucking people you see that they're going to be somewhat important, especially in the story. because especially because they're kind of defined by this different makeup and whatnot. Right, right, exactly. You know, they're like they're setting up something kind of important, but no, they're just laid to fucking waste by these zombies. But you know, like the introduction of the zombies. Um, followed up by the super intense gore of them being completely eviscerated. It, uh, it just reminded me why I love these movies so much. It's, it's a great moment. So you have this, it, mm -hmm. 
And it happens three minutes into the movie. <laughs> well, you got to start off with a bang. Uh, Absolutely. So you have this recording on television of James Dominic Dana uh, recording his final moments. And then we discover, leading into the opening credits, that one of the zombies actually is James Dominic Dana. We see his uh, FBI badge. Uh, and he yeah. just starts laughing maniacally, Mo, leading in to the opening credits. Z- Zombie Plague 3 Toxic Revolution. <clears throat> I mean, I think Plague of Zombie sounds better than Zombie Plague, but that's what it's called. Zombie Plague Mutant Zone Toxic Revolution. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, one of the things I noted, by the way, is that the music in this movie is terrific. It's really, Phenomenal. really good. Phenomenal. Yeah, like, it, it, it's, it, I mean, it, it, it's very kind of refined. It doesn't sound just all synthy, which, again, there's yeah. nothing wrong with synth music. But this feels like, again, a soundtrack of an actual movie. Uh, but that's one of those things that's notorious with these low-budget films is they, they like, I feel like a lot of low-budget filmmakers, or at least the people who do music for low-budget films, are, like, so heavily inspired by John Carpenter that everything has to be, like, synth, you know? Um, it's not also not like the music wasn't notable in the other films, particularly in the second right. one, because we have yeah, that, yeah. that famous, wonderful John West song. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but the, you know the music is a real central part of the polish of this, and it's yeah. really impressive. Um, and this uh, this movie is directed once again by Hernan Saez and Pablo Perez, who uh, who play Max Giggs and Bill Johnson in the movie. Uh, for some reason, like that is the credit in the opening credits, though the. IMDb profile lists uh, Paolo uh, Soria, who plays uh, Junior, the zombie, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. in just a bit, as a third writer and director, though he isn't credited in the opening credits. I bet there's a story behind that, Mo. Uh, I'd imagine. I mean, the credits thing, it's its tough on a production that's low budget. Everyone has to pitch in doing so much. I mean, I, you'd hate, I hope there's no hard feelings there. So the movie starts. And I'm like, where's John West, Mo? I want to see John West. Well, we start, Mo, with John West. He's carrying the zombie corpse, which I do remember he was carrying at the end of the second film. At the end of the second movie, yeah. Max specifically says that he thinks they might need it. Uh, Bill wants them to stop arguing. They're not sure like why they have to carry this zombie corpse. And we see a UFO flying overhead, Mo. What does this UFO look like? It looks like a UFO. Uh-huh. It's good. You know, it's, it's. I mean, it's it's pretty. It's pretty decent effect. You know. Yeah, it's I mean, fine. but it, it's it's pretty standard UFO. There isn't a lot of computer effects in this movie, but what's here, I think, look pretty good. I and mean, it, it's yeah. a, it's one of the. It, it's a testament to the fact that this is 2011 compared to 2001. There's a big mm. gaps in what you can do with the uh, with with uh, computer effects at that time. Exactly. So the UFO flies overhead and a beam of light comes down and it envelops John West holding on to the corpse. Now, this zombie corpse, uh, for those, again, who don't who haven't seen the second movie or don't remember the second movie, the zombies are basically kind of like a pupil stage of a potential alien invasion. So uh, what happened is that there's a zombie plague that occurs, but eventually... All of these zombies crack open to reveal an alien inside themselves. Accurate. Yeah. So that's what that's what's happening. I, yeah. Quite a quite a twist, by the way, <laughs> in this whole series. Um, <laughs> so the concern here is both a zombie invasion and an alien invasion. So the the corpse has the uh, once it breaks open, an alien appears. The UFO then scoops it up by using one of these kind of tractor beams. And John West is who gets hit by it here. It pulls 
the corpse up. He holds onto it for a bit, but he just can't. And what else happens to John West Moe? Uh, <laughs> he he um loses about ninety pounds uh-huh. and ages about ten years and ages about ten years. <laughs> So that is yeah. a notable thing. The the actor who plays uh, John West in these three films, uh, between the second and third one, his name is uh, Berta Muniz, by the way, Muniz, um, he lost a lot of weight. And that is difficult when this movie is supposed to take place literally seconds after the end of the previous one, even though it's been 10 years. So they use this, this beam from the alien ship as an explanation for why he looks different. Right. And I love the fact that, like, he, like, so of course, he's still wearing the same outfit from the last movie, you know, and it's just hanging off of him. Yes. You know, like, so, it's actually super impressive. I mean, like, look, I, I, A, I don't have, I don't own any clothes that I fit into from 10 fucking years ago. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, the fact that they still have, like, these full outfits and, like, you know, because Bill's basically wearing the same fucking thing he's been wearing for all three movies at this point, you know? Bill pretty much looks exactly the same as he does. Exactly the same. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, it's creepy, you know? But yeah, no, he he looks good. He's aged well, you know? Max, you can never tell because he's always got, he's always making weird faces and he's yeah. always got some crazy fucking glasses on, but... So Max yeah. says that he knows how to get out of town, and it's odd because what he then leads into, he just runs over to like an abandoned building. They go inside, um, so and they they find like one of the corpses that have been busted open that the, that an alien crawled out of, and they basically give us a little bit of exposition about what's going on. That they were never really fighting zombies. That their enemy is like a biological entity. Um, the most toxic virus they've ever encountered that needs a host cell and the host cell mo are humans. Yup. The, the zombies are cocoons basically. Um, <laughs> Which one's uh Wilford Brimley? <laughs> you know, Tom, Tom Cruise is older than Wilford Brimley was when he was in cocoon. That's crazy. Well, I think we're all rapidly approaching that line. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, it was like it was like when I found out that Marissa Tomei was the same age when she played Aunt B that fucking uh, Rue McClanahan was when she played uh, uh, Blanche, you know, in Golden Girls. Now, like, you said Aunt B, but certainly you mean Aunt May. Aunt May, yeah, Aunt Come May. Come on, Moe. Where's Whatever. your bona fides? Come on. I ain't got none. <laughs> so, They're down at Popeye's. So, John, he's uh, he's hurting. Uh, he looks into a mirror and he looks a little bit confused, uh, but he basically says to himself, your iron fists and your titanium legs are still there, <laughs> right? <laughs> they refer to his iron fists a lot in this movie, which is great because I like to refer to my own iron fists, uh, you know, semi-daily basis. I just got a great mental picture of you, <laughs> like, like staring at your hands and be like, such strong hands. hands. <laughs> they used to be such strong hands. <laughs> he also says his catchphrase, Mo, which is, we cowboys never go out of style. Exactly. Because he wears a cowboy hat, sort of. Yeah, he's a very, you know, well, he, yeah, he wears a cowboy hat, but he's with a leopard print unitard. So Max... Puts on a cape, which he will wear for the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's very uh, Akira-esque. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he puts on a glove, I guess, to cover his hand a little bit, his uh, weird zombie hand. Uh, they're, they're basically searching for supplies. They're searching for new clothes. Um, 
And they, they again, as part of the exposition, they find a calendar and they mark that a uh, the alien invasion basically started on the 21st, the mutation on the 22nd, the harvest by the aliens on the 23rd. Uh, and John wonders, uh, wonders openly what they should do. Bill thinks that maybe they should just stay where they are since it seems safe uh, and because he thinks the aliens have completed their mission. But Max says they can't do that, Mo. Do you know why? Um, <laughs> because it's going to spread to the rest of the world. Yeah, the aliens are just yeah. going to go to another populated area and start right. all over again. They need to stop the aliens, Mo. I like the fact that, like, okay, so uh-huh. <laughs> so Bill decides, okay, they're just going to sit there and wait. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have this whole entire, quote-unquote, conversation just using looks back and forth, uh, which is beautifully yeah, shot. Yeah, it's, it's actually really well done. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so, so Bill decides they'll go search for the ship. And Max is like, I have this whole plan that involves a computer virus. That they never use. They never use. At all. <laughs> very, very Independence Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so and so Max hands out these walkie-talkies, and of course you, you immediately realize that only one of them is actually a walkie-talkie, and the other two are two halves of a baby monitor, yeah. uh, which we soon learn is precisely the case. Because I just said two of them look like baby monitors. And then we go realize that uh, I think John has the microphone end of one and Max has the speaker end of the yeah, other. Exactly. So yeah, so, so technically they... uh, Max can uh, or uh, John, sorry, Bill can communicate with the rest of them, but they can't actually communicate back with him. Which which becomes actually important a little bit later. But what's great about this sequence is okay, they decide eventually they have to do something. And Max has a plan, and that plan sets up how the whole rest of this movie, which, by the way, it's a full movie. It's a 90-minute movie, but it has a really interesting structure because it separates everybody and then brings them back together. And so the plan is that uh, Max is going to get a zombie. <laughs> he's, going, he's going to fill it with gunpowder and use it as a quote-unquote Trojan zombie to send up into the ship and then blow it up. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that's tangentially like a computer virus, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, and at the same time, uh, so they're going to go in different directions. John is going to go north. What is? I can't remember what the plan is. So they send John to go north. Uh, yeah, John's going to go north and he's going to use his iron fists and titanium legs to clear out the area. Right. It, you know, and. And Bill is going to go f- track down the mothership of the aliens. Right. So the idea and is that, is that once, once he finds the mothership, he's going to report back to the other two who are going to join him. And then they're going to send the Trojan zombie up and blow up the ship and everyone will be happy. Exactly. I mean, it's a, a ridiculous plan, but at least it's a plan. The best part about I mean, the, it's- this is that it's Max is explaining the plan to the two. So he's like, John, you do this. Bill, you do this. And then John puts down a mirror so he can say to himself, Max, you lo- do this. I love it. I That is my favorite gag in the entire movie. A movie filled with great visual gags, that's my favorite one. The one other thing that uh, gets explained in the sequence, which I love, I love it so much. Remember at the beginning, just a few minutes ago, 
they had that zombie corpse that ended up getting sucked up into the UFO. It's never yeah. really explained. So John says when he, when when Max talks about the Trojan zombie, he goes, "Of course, you know, you were going to use the zombie corpse as bait. That's what you that's why you wanted to hold on to it." And and Max says, "Of course, I already thought of that, though I just realized it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a And then he says his catchphrase, which is essentially, "I'm a genius." I like the idea that maybe they didn't really have a plan for the Right. For why they were holding on to that zombie corpse. Uh, or maybe it was supposed to be a little bit closer to the idea of this Trojan zombie that we need to stretch out a little bit. But anyway, right. we know what's happening. The group has to split up. And so the rest of the movie is going to be cutting in between all three of their stories. It's really well done, actually, the way that they kind of uh, that everyone has their own little arc as they head out into the world. Well, I mean, it's a great way to fill time, too, because if you keep them all together all the time, you know, like it's you're going to run out of shit real quick. So giving so now instead of having to come up with one 90 minute plot, you only need to come up with three 30 minute plots, essentially. Right. So they start walking to the edge of town uh, and it's like a, a lengthy montage. We see corpses all over the place. We see a bird mow with its head removed. I don't like seeing that. That's violent. Right. You know, it's kind of weird. There's a couple of, of uh, examples of animal violence in this. I mean, it's just very fake looking. I mean, and, and intentionally so. But I find that the most bothersome of all the violence in the movie. <laughs> so they actually they end up uh, going their separate ways, you know, going in different directions. And we start by following John West. And John West sees a helicopter fly overhead. He walkie-talkies. Oh, no. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he tries yep. to tell uh, Bill on the walkie-talkie that there's a helicopter. Um, and Bill can see it, and he tells the other ones not to worry. John tells him to get out of there, but then that's when John discovers that his walkie-talkie is only a microphone, and he can't hear a response from Bill. Right. And uh, speaking of, of odd things in the news, it was uncomfortable to see a helicopter crash at the beginning of this movie. Mm. <laughs> you know, with a lot of smoke pouring up. Yeah. So Bill takes cover. He watches this helicopter explode, um, and he try he tells Max over his walkie-talkie that he's going to follow it. Max again he tell, re- reports back, no, follow the plan. You know, try to track down the mothership. But his walkie-talkie is only a speaker, so he's unable to communicate that to Bill. Um, exactly. Uh, so so Max is trying to tell him that, and then as he's doing that, a zombie runs by, which is exactly, of course, what he's looking for. Uh, and so he he yells at the zombie to stop, and then first he runs, he runs out of breath, he he bends over because he's so exhausted, and then immediately steps on a nail and has to fall back, leading him to be in a very vulnerable position for the zombie. Yes. Yes, Mo. That's what happens in this movie, Plaga Zombie Three. Zona Mutante Revolution Toxica. Yeah, yeah. My Spanish is bad, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I took six years of Spanish. Thank you very much. Well, I took uh, one semester <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a Canadian university in order to get an English literature degree. Um, wow. So. We cut then, so so Max, vulnerable position, Bill is checking out this helicopter. John West, he's just resting on the sidewalk, doubting himself. Uh, but then he hears a zombie kid in a nearby car, basically pretending that he's driving the car. He goes open, goes open, he goes over and tosses the kid out of the front seat, thinking that he's going to end up driving the car. It doesn't start. He looks out the front window, and what does he see, Mo? 
uh, he sees um, a basically a so this kid he's like bright blue yeah. with like these black markings on him and he looks over and he basically sees the adult version of that bright blue kid with the markings same clothes and, and everything uh, like exactly same, the same clothes same fucking clothes and everything uh, the kid runs over and kind of like tugs at his shirt and points over to uh, to John in the car and but John's uh, not worried he's not afraid in fact this makes him excited now remember he's John he's John West he has iron fists and titanium legs he loves a scrap it's one of the things he most enjoys and he says this as a little uh, uh, build up to his uh, zombie encounter se abren las puertas el estadio está repleto la multitud ruge gracias gracias Señoras y señores, con todos ustedes, John West. So he's basically saying, like, the stadium is packed, the crowd roars, thank you, I give you John West. And so he's, like, face to face with this zombie, and he's now been surrounded by a ton of other zombies. And he throws a punch, and then it cuts away. Well, we'll find out what happens with that in just a second. Meanwhile... Bill is following the smoke from the helicopter crash, and he sees like some he sees from afar because he's like on a building. He sees someone heading towards the wreckage. As he's doing that, he turns around and what does he see, Mo? Uh, oh, <laughs> yes. this is cr- ridiculous. He sees this. He sees a zombie hanging up its laundry. Yes. <laughs> so. He sees a zombie hanging laundry. He takes his baseball bat that he has strapped to his back, and he he hits the zombie with it. Then he turns, and he sees two more zombies doing laundry. (laughs) This part is terrific, by the way. So he, he, he sees these two other zombies. The first zombie that he hit, he is stomped into it with his foot, and his foot has gone right through the kind of midsection of the zombie. Uh, then he rips off the arm of a zombie, but he can't hurt the other one because his foot is stuck in the first one, so he hits right. it with the arm instead. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. Now, so this is like some fun, uh, gory violence, and then we cut back to John West, and we're expecting more of the same, but it's not, Mo. What's happening with John West? Uh, <laughs> John. So John realizes he's not quite the man he used to be uh he's throwing punches and it's hurting his hands and he's yeah. getting hit and he's realized that he's actually like taking damage and he's not invincible the way he used to be um they even so use they, a zombie as a battering ram uh very similar i think it might have been a direct reference to peter jackson's bad taste where they do a very similar thing but a battering right. ram into his stomach and yeah he sells it he, he he starts by saying like have some of the highest quality west steel but it looks like john west has lost his mojo Exactly. Um, I, I do like the fact that they uh, managed to fit in a fart joke. Sorry. They oh, yeah, that's fit right. A fart joke during uh, during the battering ram scene. <laughs> so back to Max. Again, he stepped on a nail. He's writhing in pain, and there's a zombie coming closer and closer. He picks up a tiny stick next to him, throws it, and tries to tell the zombie to fetch. That doesn't work. Then he feigns that there's a flying saucer in the sky, to distract the zombie, he gets up and tries to run, but of course he has a nail in his foot and immediately fucking falls <laughs> again. The zombie reaches towards him, Mo gets closer, ever closer, reaches, reaches, and then what happens? He pulls the nail out. 
the zombie pulls the nail out. Max says, thank you. He, he connects with the zombie on a personal level, and he asks the zombie if it wants a new home. The zombie happily comes along. But of course, Mo, the purpose of this zombie is to be the Trojan zombie. He's got to fill this fucking guy with gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Max like asks the zombie. Like The zombie can only really grunt. But he's like asking questions like, I heard that zombies can only see in two dimensions and in black and white. Is that true? And all it's is just grunting at him. But this is a very genial zombie. As we'll find out later, this zombie is Junior. Uh, it'll get that name a little bit later. And is basically the fourth main character of this entire movie. Indeed. What do you think about Junior? What does Junior look like? Junior is um, a green-skinned zombie. Um... Doesn't talk much. <laughs> is uh, very well behaved. Um, actually, kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, uh, of Fido. Yes. For, you know, uh, same sort of idea, like a, a fairly well-mannered zombie. Um, Maybe even more well-mannered than Fido. I mean, this th- without a doubt. Yeah. Fido needed that collar for a while, but, you know. Uh, Junior doesn't like from the get go, and 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 him and Max become very close. Yeah, really, shockingly close. As we'll shockingly get to. close. Yeah. <laughs> so back to John West. He's in a uh, spot of bother. Uh, he has been victimized by this group of zombies. They're laughing at him openly at this point, uh, and he ends up Mo. And this is so embarrassing. John West runs away from these zombies and hides. I like how one of them's like wearing his hat. They take his hat, Mo. Yeah, they take his hat. (laughs) They even take his walkie-talkie, though, when they just look at it, they look at it for a second and just toss it aside. I like how the the intelligence of the zombies kind of wavers depending on what the needs of the movie is. Right, right. So, uh, though he doesn't retrieve his hat at this point, he does retrieve the walkie-talkie once again. He looks at his hands, Mo, just like I did a few minutes ago, <laughs> and he wonders where it all went wrong, which is exactly what I was thinking as well. <laughs> there used to be such strong hands. <laughs> Bill, he's still whacking zombies with a baseball bat. Then he looks towards the wreckage, Mo, and he sees what appears to be a FBI agent shooting zombies with a machine gun. Uh, so he runs over to the wreckage, Mo. He comes up behind this FBI agent with his bat, takes a swing, and then what happens? Uh, well, first off, we should clarify. He wasn't shooting zombies with the... I mean, That's well, I mean, true. He might have shot some. I think he, he did he, shoot he, one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, sh- he was shooting what appeared to be another FBI agent. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Bill sneaks up and goes to swing... Uh, the bat at him and he just turns and catches it uh, and just fucking tears into uh, into Bill. Yeah, like the, he's uh, been injured, by the way. This FBI agent, he's visibly injured. He yeah, is, he's got a big leg wound. He has a machine gun that he is shooting what appears to be an FBI agent with, uh, but he easily uh, disarms uh, Bill, handcuffs him and throws him on the ground. And then he reveals that the person he's shooting, Mo, is what? A cyborg? Like a robot alien? <laughs> yeah, like like a Terminator alien. A ter- that's a really good way of putting it. It even has yeah. the glowing eyes of the Terminator, um, right. th- which gives us an easy kind of shortcut to know whether it's alive or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this guy has uh, apparently in the last few minutes become um, very uh, cynical about the FBI. <laughs> he, I think he, this FBI agent will be a kind of recurring character for the rest of the movie. Uh, he he is a loner, does not want Bill's help at all. But um, but as we'll find out in a second, he does have an item that will be very useful. Um, back to Max, he's being helped by Junior. Uh, who is hoisting him up so he can look over a wall. <laughs> and he sees a house, Mo, with a dead dog in front of it. That's not very pleasant to look at. But the dog has a dog house, so Max chains Junior to this dog house. Junior is basically a dog. I mean, that's what his, you know, he's, he's think of Max as Charlie Brown, and Junior is his Snoopy. And John West is Pigpen. <laughs> Max, uh, no, uh, uh, Bill is Peppermint Patty, <laughs> perhaps. Sure, sure. I, I think every when you really think about it, every character has a peanuts analog. Just keep thinking about it. So, <laughs> Max goes inside this house. Uh, there is a corpse on the floor when he goes in. He goes upstairs, Mo, and the rooms that he goes into are the most mid nineties pop culture filled rooms you can possibly think of. <laughs> like, do you, do you did you note? I should say any of the interesting uh, popular culture references that are uh, in the room that he goes into? Not a thing. There is the baby, baby Sinclair from the television show Dinosaurs. Mo. Oh Jesus! Not the mama. Not yes, the mama. That's what he says. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I'm the baby. That's what he said. Ugh. <laughs> Gotta love me. Um, yeah, also, Beavis and Butthead are there. Alf, there's a big Alf poster, I believe. Mo, uh, yeah, there's lots of that. You got you got to get into the pop culture, Mo. It's very important in the year 2020. Well, I mean, especially 90s pop culture at this point. But Fucking... Max finds something he really needs: a computer, Mo, a 1997 era computer. It's so great because, again, even though this movie's from 2011, they need to use a computer from 1997, and he finds yeah, one. They, find the, they basically find themselves like a compact presario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he turns on the computer. He starts crunching some numbers, Mo, uh, and then he goes down and he pours out some gunpowder into a dog bowl for <laughs> for Junior. So Junior is outside, still tied to the doghouse, and he is now uh, eating the dog's corpse. So, But Max uh, comes out with his new bowl of food, which again is gunpowder, and he says this. You can probably, even if you don't speak Spanish, you can probably figure out this. No! Zombie! No! A zombie! No! <laughs> he just yells, bad zombie. Yeah. He doesn't really care that he's eating the dog. He just really wants him to eat the gunpowder instead. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Junior's not particularly interested in the gunpowder at first, you know. So, of course, uh, Max is doing, like, baby tricks to try to to try to try get him to eat it. You know, he does, like, the, the airplane. The classic airplane. <laughs> the classic airplane. Then he, like, pretends to eat some himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, that doesn't work. So he actually eats some. <laughs> Which becomes like a running theme. A running theme that he it, actually yeah. enjoys eating gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> Max eats a lot of gunpowder in this movie. Well, the there's a lot available. Li- <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, to the point where he literally, there's a point in the movie where he literally has like gunpowder fucking drool running down his chin. Uh, it's 
fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's very ridiculous. Back to Bill, uh, who's still handcuffed. The FBI agent gives a little bit of exposition. He says that the 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 problem is basically worse than they thought. That that the aliens have infiltrated the FBI and likely the army. Um, and Bill basically says to him, like, we got to destroy the ship. That's the only way we can save the world. But the FBI agent basically says, what are you, some kind of hero? And that's the thing he repeats. It's like he, he, he keeps referring uh, derisively to, uh, to Bill as someone trying to be a hero. He also has given up and said, basically, this is the end that they already have taken over the world. Right. Bill's like, you know, let me help you. Let me actually dress your wounds. Let me help you out. And the FBI agent says there's only one person he trusts, and that person is not you. Uh, right, because th- what? Uh, remind me, wasn't um, Bill like a nurse? Oh, was uh, maybe? Boy, I don't know, man. That's well, like, that was a long like time he... ago. At least two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look that up now because I feel like. I, I type in Plaga, and the first thing that comes up is plagiarism. <laughs> if you look up plague, there's a lot of that in the news these days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting because this FBI agent is wrapping his own wounds, but they are obviously, you know, he's he's in trouble. There's a lot of blood squirting out of the wounds on his legs, uh, right. and, and that's, that's going to become an issue sooner rather than later. This is also, by the way, where he reveals um, the MacGuffin for a lot of the movie, which is that he has a... Uh, radar, which tells him how close he is to the alien mothership. His plan is uh, to stay as far away from it as possible, but of course Bill wants that so he can get closer to the mothership. Because the mothership comes from Planet Funkenstein, Mo. <laughs> Gotta get off the funk. That's right. There you go. <laughs> so uh, he grabs a shotgun. This is the FBI agent. And he, he goes up towards Bill and he says, Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> but then he just walks away Leaving Bill handcuffed uh, Which is a very vulnerable position For someone in a zombie apocalypse To be in, Mo He gets to his feet Here's something nearby But we'll find out what that is in a second Because we go back to Max Who's printing out a bunch of statistics In the background, Mo Another connection to some current events Very sad events A rock set poster Oh, right Rock set, a uh, musical group uh, very popular in the 90s. They had that song, Mo, It Must Have Been Love, But It's Over Now. Yep. Didn't they also have... Uh, was uh, Joyride. She's Got the... She's Got the Look. That's right. Yeah. I know all the Roxette hits. Unfortunately, <laughs> the uh, the female lead singer of Roxette passed away of, I think, brain cancer just a, a, a while back. Um, so Max tries to radio Bill at the same time, uh, telling him basically that everything is going as planned and that the Trojan zombie is well underway. But of course, Bill can't get this message, so he, he doesn't know what's going on. Exactly. Um, so, okay, yeah, so like you said, Max is printing out all sorts of uh, plans and stuff. We don't really get the reveal of those until later. We yeah. just kind of get little things here and there. Um, I like how they're completely unnecessary plans. They're just telling him things he already knows. Yeah, he's he already knows what the plan is. It's basically just a means for an end for something to happen later. <laughs> uh-huh. It, uh um so he's uh eating so he reaches over and starts eating this really fucking vile looking sandwich. Like it looks like like a rotten egg, you know, it's gross. Um <laughs> <laughs> and he like looks out the window and he sees uh you know Junior kind of like poking at the dead dog. 
and decides he's going to give his sandwich to Junior. Of course, he covers it in gunpowder first, you know, because and I like how he even kind of like dabs his finger in it and licks it just to make sure that it's like like it's gunpowder. Um, and uh, so, so Max does something that was that's a little unexpected at this point. Like he he. I don't know if it's unexpected, but surprising enough. Uh, he unlocks the zombie and he says that he can trust him. And and so, of course, the zombie starts eating the sandwich. And then, th- then they start looking up at the stars. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They lay together and they look up at the stars and he points out the planets in the sky. Uh, the zombie does actually say something here. He says in Spanish, of course, he says... Uh, he points to one. He says that one. Yeah, you know, and Matt, Max tells him that that's Saturn or Saturno. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> you know, it, there's some interesting continuity here because if I remember correctly, in the second movie, Max briefly turns heel um, because of his zombie arm. I think, um, and and so he had kind of like a direct connection to the zombie hordes in that movie. So maybe he's a little more sympathetic to the zombies, which is why he's able to create this relationship in this movie. Right. I hopefully I'm not remembering that entirely incorrectly, but I think it's a nice little I, I, note. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think uh, I, I think part of the reason he went rogue, so to speak, in the in the last movie was because there was that like fake Max who showed up. Um, That's right, got, boy. Like, and I he do. Got, and he got fucking super jealous of him because they seemed to like him more. That's right. Oh my god, you yeah. remember more of the second one than I do. Maybe your brain is working after all, though. Uh, it, barely, but yeah, sometimes. So, uh, so Max uh, is talking to Junior the zombie, and then he looks over, and Junior has sweetly fallen asleep. So Max says, <laughs> "says sweet dreams, Junior." Dulces sueños, Junior. <laughs> I um, I, there, there's a couple of uh, funny things here too. Like he he says that the only people he trusts are, are Bill and John. And he goes, but they're not smart, but they're my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like that. And um, he, like he also talks about how sticking together is the only way they can fix everything. And he says that John's iron fists are their only hope. Yeah. And it's fucking like it's it's so funny how like every single one of them deviates. So far from the scripted plan. Right. I mean, Max, to a lesser extent, uh, uh, later on he does, but, you know, he he is still feeding the zombie gunpowder. I mean, I think the implication is even at this point that he has, he no longer is planning on sacrificing the zombie, that he has actual real feelings for. Yeah. So, I mean, he's already deviated. Bill is the one that, I mean, even though he deviates, it's it's for more of a direct purpose. He's still tracking the, the mothership. He just needs to get that radar first. Right. And John can't do what he wants because he doesn't have his iron fists anymore. That's right. <laughs> so, John is still hiding in corners and alleyways. He doesn't want to confront any zombies, but he sees someone running into, I think it's a gas station or, or something like that. He chases what appears to be a living person. He runs into it after him, and he goes, Hello, it's John. I'm not infected. Someone tells him to be quiet and get down, and the person, Mo, knows who John is. 
So the person says that the zombies would have no chance against John West because, again, he knows that he's a famous wrestler, but John says that his arms and legs are not the same and that he can't fight anymore. But then the other person says, I thought cowboys never went out of style, which is his catchphrase. Mm. Who is this person? Um, we find out that this is a man named Willie. Willie. And I honestly don't remember if he was in the Me previous either. movies I, or I not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we do eventually find out that that he's, uh, like I said, he's Willie. He's uh, John's old manager. Yeah, manager, I think, would be the, the way to, to put it. Uh, and, and I guess the person who helped John get into wrestling shape initially. Right. Which pretty useful person to run into in the apocalypse. Sure. Uh, while this is happening, by the way, a zombie wanders in uh, wearing glasses and with a long scarf. Do you think it's intentionally supposed to look like Harry Potter a little bit? I assumed it was a Harry Potter scarf, you know, just sort of as like a a, a, a joking sort of play on the time jump um, or that that's the only they needed a guy with a <laughs> scarf and that was the only one that the guy had. They uh-huh. so they jump up and I think it's Willie. He he slams him against the wall and chokes him with the scarf until the zombie's head pops off. I that happens a couple of times. <laughs> yes, in the it movie. does. Like that, it that does. exact that exact death and it it doesn't lose anything each time it happens. I think of that that quote from right. Bad Taste where he says, "Boy, they come to bits easy." <laughs> Every time I see <laughs> zombies, that can just be ripped apart really easily. Uh, <laughs> I, I always think of like uh, vampires with the fucking cheesecloth chests. You know, where, like, it takes absolutely nothing to stake them through bone. Oh yeah, remember in, in from Dustal Dawn where Tom Savini's like their bodies are soft. You can just punch right through them. It's like, well, that's right. That's good. That's what I want. Uh, well, that's what I always that's what I always liked about uh, that that movie Vampires, where like it's like it's really hard to kill them. You know. Anyway, that's a different movie. <laughs> Um, uh, starring the uh, wonderful James Woods, uh, not problematic mm. gentleman at all. Um, no. So John, uh, after Willie pops off the zombie's head, he runs off. John says Willie, and he chases after him, but he's vanished. Mo, uh, he looks at his hands again and just wanders off. So Bill, still wearing his handcuffs, is uh, following a trail of blood from that FBI guy. He kicks his way into a garage uh, with a lot of like abandoned cars and things in it. Uh, by the way, the locations in this movie, which appear to not be sets at all, there's some amazing locations that they have access to. A lot of kind of like really dilapidated looking, uh, abandoned looking locations. Yep. I mean, I mean, good for them. I, it, it, that's the kind of thing, like that's the sort of production value. Even if you need to dress it, it's kind of amazing to see. Because if I think about it, look, I live in not a shithole that would be that that would be too strong but i live in a place that has a lot of dilapidated locations but you know not the kind of locations that would look good in a film where you can go in and like there are grates and and uh uh large kind of graffiti laden walls in the background right yeah no i'm the one who lives in a dilapidated location yeah Make a movie. State. <laughs> oh no, there ain't nothing worth looking at here. <laughs> so uh, he walks in. He's got a flashlight. Uh, he sees some zombies, and he actually starts hitting them with the flashlight. Then he ducks behind a car, and who is next to him behind the car? Mo. Um, the FBI agent who I've for some reason have been calling the pilot this whole time. I, okay. I don't think he is the pilot. I just think he's an FBI agent. But well, Mo, take me to yeah. the pilot. Lead me to the chamber. Anyway, yes, please. Wow. <laughs> um, so, Rocket so, Man, now on Blu-ray. 
Um, so yeah, so he, he blames him for everything. He says, he says, uh, the pilot says that everything was, was peaceful and okay until he showed up and he goes to shoot Bill. Yes. And it hits him in the, um, uh, the chain, uh, on the handcuffs. Yes. Of course. Now freeing his hands. Uh, he turns on him, uh, who, and, uh, I believe gets his gun away from him mm-hmm. in a in a pretty slick move. Yeah, like Bill is um, pissed off, so he beats the shit yeah. out of this FBI agent for a few seconds here. Yeah, and he tells him he tells him don't you know don't be so proud of beating a guy who's only got one arm. And yeah. then there's the big reveal that the that the FBI agent now only has one arm. <laughs> uh th- there's a recurring joke. Yes. That that happens throughout the film. And I honestly laughed every single fucking time it happened. Uh, but there's this recurring joke that you keep thinking that this FBI agent is dead, and then he keeps coming back. Yeah, he's basically um, the Black Knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, it's right, exact, <laughs> except through the course of the whole movie. So, like, like you just imagine like different parts of Monty Python happening, and then the Black Knight showing up with one less arm or one less leg or whatever. You know, that'd be a pretty good joke. Uh, actually, we should we should tell the Monty Python group. That speaking of another recent tragedy, never mind. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> bat a thousand today. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So um, Bill wants the radar. Bill wants the radar, and he starts looking on him, and uh, you know, asks him where where it is, and the the pilot kind of looks down and laughs. And like, I guess he was supposed to be telling him that it was in his hand, you know? Yeah. The, the suggestion is that, that got... it's been dragged away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's not there anymore. <laughs> but then the FBI agent, you know, presumably dies. That's what we're seemingly to dies. Think. Exactly. <laughs> then we cut back to Max. It's the next day. Uh, he has been sleeping peacefully, but when he looks over, Junior is missing. And he's worried for a second. He calls for him. He's like, what's going on? Where's Junior? He goes inside, and what does he discover? Oh, this is something else. This whole sequence is incredible. So uh, the zombie was in the house making Max breakfast. Yes. What was the breakfast? I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's like pancakes with like ketchup and mustard. I don't, I don't even think it's pancakes. I think it's just a pile of bread with mustard and ketchup on it. It's, it looks... <laughs> Goddamn disgusting! And of course, you we know. need to get a shot of Max tearing into it, like 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 eating it. <laughs> yeah, and he calls it yummy. Yeah, <laughs> and that leads then into a montage of Max and Junior getting to know each other. First, they play baseball, then they play Twister together, which includes him getting uh, Junior farting in his face. Of course. Uh, they uh, go back to playing baseball. Uh, Max hits the ball and ends up almost tearing uh, Junior's skull cap off. <laughs> they, uh, there's a sequence where he uh, shows Junior to his new room, which is a uh, female... Uh, oh, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it looks like a young girl's room. Uh, but it also has a Nintendo 64 in it, Mo, which I'm sure you'd find very interesting. Um, I love... Yeah, I miss Nintendo 64. They're doing art together, which includes the zombie vomiting into a bowl and putting his yeah, hands gross. into it. Fucking gross. And Fucking gross. in what I think is the highlight of the entire movie, for some reason, they go through like a pantomime of giving birth. Yeah. <laughs> where they pretend that the zombie is giving birth to a doll. And it is like absolutely insane. Unbelievable it's, that this is in the movie. It's 
fucking batshit. I, I love it. And then they pose and take a very sweet photo together. And it's again, it's it's a overall this montage is is kind of very sweet and kind of nice, but it's also so weird. But that that fake uh, birth is so like that's all I think about when I think about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but never forget, Mo. Remember, he's a Trojan zombie. He's there for a purpose. Right. So back to John West. Uh, he's wandering down a city street surrounded by zombies. These zombies are so not threatened by John West at this point that they sniff him directly and they just let him go because he's just not a threat to them. I mean, John West has not only lost his mojo, he's lost the fear of the zombies. Mm. He's so depressed, he goes into a bar, sits down, has a drink. And when he looks over, Willie has shown up and he recognizes that it's his old manager and he asks uh, John to pour him a drink. He tells him the last time they met, he was desperate to fight again, and now he has an army of contenders, meaning the zombies, uh, under his mighty fist. But um, but then John says that the damn ship took his mighty fists. There's nothing he can do. He says forlornly, John West is in the past. He perdido todo, amigo. John West ha quedado en el pasado. Ahora solo debo encontrar un lugar donde pasar el resto de mis días. Poor John West. I feel bad for John West. Also, I feel bad because my favorite parts of these movies is when John West is kicking a lot of ass. <laughs> right, exactly. It is one of the things that in some ways, um, I, hampers might again be a too strong of a word, but like you really want to see John West. You know eventually he's going to get it back and we're going to see the old John West again, but it does take such a long time because that's his big character arc in the movie that, that you... That I was left wanting more from John West when this movie was over. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a real bi- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big deal in the second movie. So, like, to see him... I mean, it makes sense, you know, character-wise, but that's you still want to see him kicking ass. So, Willie says, he goes, come with me, cowboy. I know the place you're looking for. And we'll get to that in just a second. But Bill, he's still following a trail of blood. He finds an old rail yard... And when he goes into it, he finds a group of zombies who have set up a barbecue and are cooking the arm of the FBI agent, which still has the radar in its hand. He, yeah. he goes up to him uh, again because there is a su- suggestion that these zombies have a certain amount of intelligence. And he goes to him. He's like, I'll, I'll make a deal with you. If you give me that radar, I'll spare your lives. But, of course, they don't, uh, they, they don't take that threat very seriously. No. Uh, he does manage to uh, to steal the arm and take off, though. Yes. And then he heads into a train car, Mo. And then we get a uh, something that was very visible in the second movie that now makes another appearance. Do you know what I'm referring to here? Uh, the... Um the blade weapon, right? That that Billy used in the second it's movie? It's like a sword, except it has a serrated, like, saw-like edge on it. It's basically a... Um an electric hedge trimmer. That's right. Just just the blade of it. Just yeah. the blade of it. That's right. So he's in this train car. He sees a zombie and he starts heading towards it. And then a zombie trips him up. And then the, a zombie with one of those weapons comes towards him. Then he grabs it. He swings it uh, and chops the zombie's head off. And then he stabs another zombie in the stomach. But then we see someone pull a gun on him, Mo. Who's this? It's the FBI agent. He's back. He's somehow back and has been following 
even though he's missing an arm, he's been following Bill this whole time. Um, I think Bill's response even is, weren't you dead? (laughs) (laughs) So he asked for the radar. Uh, The FBI agent asked Bill for the radar. uh, And Bill just turns around and leaves. And the FBI agent looks confused for a second. And then we see that he has a ton of zombies surrounding him. They grab him and they start munching down. And that's got to be the end of this FBI agent. There's no getting out of this. Oh, I mean, yeah, exactly. No, he's he's dead at this point. I mean... (laughs) We'll never have to worry about him again. Never have to worry about him again. Back to Max, who is tanning outside. He's not really taking his responsibilities very seriously. Um, And uh, Junior is playing with a soccer ball, and then he ends up kicking it through the upstairs window. He goes upstairs to find it, Mo, and he sees the room, which has a stop sign on it. And he goes inside, and what does he find? Everything. Well, first he finds the gunpowder, and he tries to start eating it with a spoon. (laughs) Right. But then what does he discover? Uh, yeah, he sees the plans and it like it, 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 it tells him everything, so apparently Junior can read. Um, <laughs> oh, there are some, some visuals too. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, there's visually just I mean. a picture of him as the zombie with like Trojan zombie and gunpowder all around it. <laughs> right. But I mean it makes him, got, he, it makes him pretty upset. Yeah, he kind of freaks out. He freaks out. He pulls. Oh, off and his Bill call. Yeah, and Bill calls right at that exact moment too, um, to tell him. You know, he says he wants to hear about how the Trojan zombies coming along, and you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Which which gives like yeah. it, it reinforces to Junior what what the whole thing is. Junior pulls off his collar, throws it on the ground. Max is outside sipping lemonade and calls for Junior to get him some more. Uh, then he goes inside, grabs another drink. We see that Junior has grabbed a knife and is approaching. Max, uh, presumably to kill him, but then he ends up running away. Max calls for him, goes inside the house. At first, he thinks that they're just like playing hide and seek, but then he finds that the bedroom door is open, goes inside, finds the collar, and he realizes what happens and he screams. So that's what's going on in that story. But John West still needs to get his mojo back, and that is going to occur now. Willie lets him into an old abandoned gym. John asks, why have you brought me here? Apparently he's not as... uh, The audience is maybe a few more steps ahead in this process than John is at this point. John thinks he doesn't belong in the gym, um, but Willie says he's convinced that those iron fists are still beating in his heart (laughs) and screaming to remind you that you're a true fighter and not a coward. Um, and tells him to turn around and look him, look him in the eye. John can't do it. Willie says that he was wrong about him. He calls him a coward. And then John says this. Willie. Nunca más vuelvas a llamarme cobarde. So that's Willie, don't call me a coward again. And that leads into that music, which is... A montage, Mo. A montage of him getting his. Fucking- I wish that, that you had played a, like that. You had a little bit more of that music because that inspirational montage music is so fucking good. It's really good, and like it's like it. It reminded me so much of like fucking like Rocky Four, which everybody knows that Rocky Four is like eighty five percent montage. <laughs> you know. It's fucking fantastic. It's You're so the good. best around. That's not 
Rocky Four, but <laughs> but I know what you mean. <laughs> it's the eye of the tiger. <sighs> so there's a training montage. We see John West skip rope, practice boxing, shadow boxes. He punches a punching bag, does sit ups, and eventually he gets to the point where he can punch a wall and break it. By the way, remember that the time span that this whole thing is taking place is still just like over a course of 24 hours so he doesn't train for that long but apparently it's enough so uh this leads to willie giving him a new wrestling singlet to wear we see him open like a uh a locker inside of it by the way is like luchador mask and things like that which i was hoping he might wear but no john west just has a new singlet to wear he climbs into the ring and willie says john west the time has come what has willie prepared for him mo uh, a giant fucking zombie. Yeah, a zombie wrestler, basically. Yes, a zombie luchador. A luchador. But uh, so John and this uh, zombie wrestler, they need to tangle in the wrestling ring, in the squared I actually circle. Fuck, I actually fucking love the way they shoot the reveal of the zombie wrestler. Right. Like, it's, like, it's from way down low. Right. It makes him look fucking... Huge. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. So they tangle, and the uh, of course, at first, the zombie wrestler gets the upper hand and starts beating the shit out of John West. Uh, John West falls back to his corner, tells Willie that it's too strong, but Willie says it's just a damn zombie, which is a really good point. <laughs> John West has killed many of them before. He tells yeah. John to hear the crowd and use his iron fists, and he asks him, Who are you, goddammit? And John West says, Soy John West. ¿Quién eres, maldita sea? Soy John West. ¿Quién? Soy John West. Soy John West. Ah! <laughs> there actually is crowd noise. <laughs> so as you can probably imagine, uh, he starts uh, beating the shit out of this zombie. Uh, including, for some reason, the zombie goes up to the top rope uh, and uh, and he throws him off of it. And eventually, Willie tells John to finish him. He he uh, sits on top of the zombie and starts pounding his face, eventually using his mighty iron fist, punching him so hard that a bunch of blood just squirts up into his own face. Yeah. John looks around for Willie Mo, but he's gone. Perhaps... He was never there. In fact, the indication, I believe, Mo, is that Willie was either a figment of his imagination or a ghost of some sort. Yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't get it either because I, I, I don't, I don't know. You don't get it, Mo? It's not, it's not explained. And I mean, not that I need everything fucking explained to me or not, but, you know, whatever. I, Willie was his subconscious trying to help him, Mo, in his moment oh, of need. Oh, okay. Willie, like Willie Tanner on Alf. Yeah, it's funny. You know, the last couple of times you said Willie really reminded me of Alf, and it made me sort of internally chuckle. You know, Alf was an alien as well. I mean, the, it really is a lot of connections when you think about it. Yeah, created by Paul Fusco from my hometown. And Willie's dead, the actor who played Willie. But you know what he liked before he died? He liked crack, crack cocaine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the movie. <laughs> Uh, Bill's still tracking the UFO. It's hovering over the city. Uh, you think, by the way, that a giant UFO hovering over the city wouldn't have been that hard to track anyway? But but now well, he has that's, found it. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like I even like 
I even write in my notes, I said, it's funny they're having a hard time finding it. It's huge. Just climb a large building and look. Yeah, and look up. <laughs> so Bill's tracking it. Max is crying and eating gunpowder. And at this point, our group runs into each other literally again. Bill runs directly into John West. John is confused. They're all, they're all like, we're supposed to be... This is kind of a confusing thing. Like, they're all supposed to be in different directions, but they somehow have all ended up in this one spot. It's a coincidence, but we're just supposed to go with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's a, it's a total coincidence, but it also shows that not one of them actually did the thing they were supposed to do. Bill came closest because he's at least has found the mothership. Right. So, uh, John, uh, Max comes out. Max is beside himself. He's screaming. He's, he's saying that he's lost Junior. Uh, I like how he runs out and he's like losing his mind, but then he stops to say, hello, like to, hello, John. <laughs> yeah, he goes, Hi, John. Hi, Bill. <laughs> and then he starts freaking out again. John asks where the Trojan zombie is and he says that, uh, Max says that he's left. Um, but it, like Max basically can't communicate at all and Bill just walks off and says, God damn it. Then. He turns around and there is a horde of zombies, Mo, running towards them. This is actually oh, this is a, a great vi- fucking scene too. It's yeah. a visual that's very similar, I think, to one in the second movie where they're attacked yeah. by a bunch of zombies. But this one's a little different because these zombies are not there to attack them. What are they doing? They're just running. They're like stampeding, basically. Yes, they're all stampeding because they are running towards the mothership. Right. I think they they uh, there's a whole lot of funk happening over at that mothership and they're gonna tear this mother out or something like that somebody get this man a flashlight maybe a dr funkenstein to anyway. <laughs> um <clears throat> so they they head to the mothership uh but as so, so what you're saying is they've got a real type of thing going down getting down they've yeah they've got a whole lot of rhythm going down yeah they gotta give okay. them the funk uh so this movie so as these zombies are all running at them they're all head like they're just running past our three heroes but of course they're not gonna uh, they're at first think they're they're going to be attacked so they all start punching and killing zombies and this is terrific (laughs) it's visually amazing it's so fucking it's been a while since we like it's not that there's been so long since there's been violence against zombies but this is our first kind of like huge fight scene in a while so yeah. you know it's kind of cathartic to see them just like tear into especially john west like tear into these zombies and they're just being covered in blood and organs are going everywhere it's yeah i mean even max is getting in on it yeah, too. yeah. like he's sort of swinging his arms and you know getting something accomplished but like you know, watching watching Bill and John just go at it, it's fucking great. So they eventually notice that the zombies are just running past. They uh, realize that the harvest of these zombies, that these zombies are about to be turned into aliens, has begun. So our trio, they follow the, uh, the zombies. They head into a junkyard. They climb a large pile of cars. This junkyard is a pretty amazing location, by the way. Yeah. They watch the zombies. The zombies are now basically all circled around a zombie in the middle. That zombie is, of course, Junior. They're all looking up into the sky. Max is once again eating gunpowder. <laughs> the, the other two ask him where the Trojan zombie is, and he points out Junior in the crowd. They say that they have to act while the zombies are distracted, and they're looking up at the sky. So they climb down. Uh, John West sees a zombie wearing his cowboy hat, <laughs> so he can get that back. Max grabs Junior, but the mutation has already begun, Mo. 
Uh, he, he Max basically tells Junior to be strong like he taught him. He starts convulsing and coughing up green liquid. He, uh, he screams and spits into Max's face, and he says, bad zombie again, bad zombie. <laughs> They're staring upwards, Mo. So John yep. West has discovered a way to get the zombie's attention, Mo. And this is... Like I said earlier about what the highlight of the movie is, but if there's something that you're going to take away from the movie, it's what is about to happen. What is about to happen, Mo? So, um, so, 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 Junior get, does get snapped out of this like stupor that he's in. Yes, briefly, and he yes. starts kind. Of, he starts kind of like running around and snapping other zombies out of. That's their right. He basically is getting well. the zombies uh, their attention so they can actually attack the three. Right. Exactly. Um, John takes out a pad and rips off a piece of paper and hands one, you know, a piece of paper to each of Max. And by the way, we've seen him scribbling in a notebook throughout this movie. So this is, yeah, yeah, it does lead up to this. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there's lead up to this. He hands a paper to Max and Bill and he tells them that it's a ballad riff and to watch for the changes, (laughs) you know, and, uh, and I'm super fucking excited because I'm like, yes, a new song, you know? Um, and then, and then this happens. So we're only going to play a little bit of it here. We're going to get to the chorus at the very least. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put the full song at the end of the episode. If you want to listen to it. Now, <laughs> I like that everyone gets a chance to sing. <laughs> There's a full dance routine with the zombies and the three characters happening while this is being Absolutely amazing. Um, like this, and, and the thing is, like this song is like three minutes long, and it's a yeah. full like like uh, performance, uh, choreographed with all of these zombies in this junkyard. It's I love. There's a great part where all the zombies start vomiting, and like they're spinning umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, I like the fact that there's a um, there's a moment where they where each of them kind of talks about what they've learned, you know. And yes. Like John John's like, you know, I learned that you know that that you know to not under undermine my strength, or I learned, to, but but I learned about my spirit, and I forget what Max says, but Bill's is my favorite. He goes, I learned that heroes also cry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, because they're like basically reminiscing over the last three days. It's great because it kind of feels like a culmination of the three movies. Right. Like they're talking yeah, about yeah. it as if, you know, like these characters have gone through some shit. Um, and but we also, it reveals, by the way, that the FBI agent is there and also participating in this dance routine <laughs> somehow. Um, so as the zombies are dancing... The three characters then hide, basically crouch down in the uh, in the group of zombies, and it, we, it's revealed that this was actually John West's plan, I guess, to distract the zombies so they could hide away from them. But they're just like hiding in the middle of them. <laughs> yeah, and they're talking. And they're talking openly about the fact that they're trying to deceive them. Yeah. 
So eventually, the zombies notice that they're just <laughs> crouching in front of them, and that starts another big fight scene, Mo. This fight scene has one of the most ridiculous moments maybe in the entire film. And um, I, this is the most unrestrained like grouping of violence gags in the entire movie. And this is a good time. Without for a doubt. Around. Yeah. So, so we have a moment where um, I think it's Bill. Yeah. I want to say it's Bill. Well, one of them. Uh, starts pulling intestines. That's Bill, out yeah, for sure. For, yeah, out from one of the uh, the zombies, and he swings it over and around the neck of one of the other zombies, and yanks it off and just pulls the head right, right clean off. There's a ton of decapitations and disembowelings, but then there's a moment that <laughs> I had to pause the movie because I was laughing so <laughs> fucking hard at this. Max, I don't even remember what the lead up to it was. I just remember Max pulling out a spine and full rib cage yeah. out of one of the zombies. <laughs> and I just, I, I like, I lost my breath laughing so fucking hard at this ridiculous fucking gag. There's this great part where like, there's this zombie that has a giant hammer for some reason. And Max like punches into his chest and rips out his heart. And then he just squeezes it and it just turns into like this shower of blood. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is all very, very good stuff. Um, so eventually, Max gets distracted by Junior, who has a knife. Uh, Max basically asks Junior to forgive him. Junior slices him with the knife, but ends up licking the blade. Um, Bill grabs Junior, which makes Max freak out. And uh, Bill and John West pour the remainder of the gunpowder in his mouth because they need to prep this uh, this uh, uh, Trojan zombie. They say, now what, Max? But he doesn't seem to know. The UFO starts functioning, and the zombies all start then breaking open into aliens. They start freaking out. Uh, Max, at one point, gets bitten by an alien and cries out, Mommy, it looks like, Mo, all is lost, that they're about to get killed by the aliens. But then what happens? Uh, I just want to comment on the split-open head alien, you know, like... Yes, the effect? Effect. It's... I mean, fucking fantastic. I mean, there's it's a couple really of well the done, yeah. yeah, there's a couple of the aliens that are a little janky looking. Like the one that bites Max is clearly just like a hard plastic <laughs> doll, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but it's still pretty fucking cool. The the ones that are actually like masks, you know, like the prosthetics, you know, of the alien face with the fucking split open zombie. They're just so fucking cool looking. It's kind of strange, anyway. you know, that that like the accomplishment of these three films is certainly on par with that of Peter Jackson's bad taste. But I sure. feel like the profile, perhaps because these movies are not in uh, English, um, th- the profile isn't as large. But that's one of the things that I like about us getting to talk about them because these movies look if you like bad taste you're gonna like these movies it has a similar sense of humor uh i think in a lot of ways they're they're tighter in terms of their the the craftsmanship on display certainly this one is yeah so anyway so the um so then the mothership shows up or the mothership's already there and starts sucking the alien zombie things up until there's only one left and it's junior it's junior so uh, Max uh, runs into the beam and basically begs Junior not to leave. Uh, he starts to float up, and John and Bill, just like at the beginning of the movie, they tell him to just let go of Junior. You know, it's obviously a metaphor. Uh, right. Ju- Junior 
For his last words, he calls Max dad and smiles at him. Then his head splits open, <laughs> and his alien form starts to arise, and both Junior and Max get pulled into the alien ship, and then it explodes. Exactly. It's a very big explosion, Mo. Yeah, it's fucking great. John West, Bill are looking up into the sky watching this explosion. They're both shaken up. The picture of Max and Junior, the one they took together, it falls down in front of them, and Bill picks it, picks it up, and he... Uh, and John says he sacrificed his life for us all, Bill. <clears throat> then they hear someone say, "Well done, guys! It's the FBI agent Mo. Uh, what is he? Uh, what's he up to at this point?" Uh, well, he's up to about two foot because <laughs> he he has no arms, uh, no legs, no torso. He's basically just a chest and a head. Yes, he's basically just a chest and head at this point. Yeah. Um, and then his, uh, his head is immediately crushed by one of the, uh, robot. Well, it's the robot from the beginning, the one that he tried to kill because when, uh, when Bill walked away from that, uh, scene, we saw that the eye lit up again to show that it was still alive. Oh, right, right. So by the way, his last words, the FBI agent, he says that his training never taught him to be a real hero. So he, he did gain some appreciation for them right before he gets his head squashed by this robot. The robot FBI agent points a gun. At our two remaining heroes, we hear a scream, Mo, and then what happens? Uh, Max lands on it. Max lands on the robot, destroying it. He yells at them. He goes, you started the party without me, haven't you? Uh, and then he grabs the photo with him, uh, with the photo that he had dropped earlier. John looks at Bill and Max. He says, guys, we've saved the world. The music swells. We see all three of them pose at the top of this junkyard, uh, even though they were at the bottom of it just seconds ago. But they get the hero pose, Mo, and it fades to black. It bursts into this hard rock and closing credit song. This is it. Just it, it'll be hard rocking. There you go. <laughs> and we get the closing credits for Plaga Zombie Three: Zone Mutante Revolution Toxica Mo. Yeah. Anything notable about the closing credits? Well, normally I would have said no, but <laughs> a little birdie told me to watch out for something. So <laughs> I was uh, like, Mo, it's important for you to watch at least some of the credits. <laughs> I, I watched all the credits. Um, oh, your job. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not very not very good at doing my job uh anyway so there's a mid-credit scene uh where max is performing in this weird stage show like a cabaret uh, show like a cabaret style show and like he he sends out a couple of scantily clad you know women dressed up as zombies and he sends out like just the worst uh bill and john lookalikes yeah um it uh, the, the the John West look like Jesus Christ, um, <laughs> and uh, and then and then he comes out and he starts sort of like you know pretending how he was like the hero of the whole thing. Yeah, and, he's doing his I, I call it his bang bang Bart routine. <laughs> he comes right. out, pretends to shoot some fake uh, guns with his hands. Exactly. And suddenly, Mo, there's a strange noise. He looks out into the crowd, and they've all become zombies. Max pauses for a second then screams and rips his shirt off before smiling at the camera. Mo, it looks like five years later, there's more work to be done. 
Indeed. Goes back to the credits. Uh, it starts the Plaga Zombie song. Uh, it, that'll run for the rest of the credits. Anything else notable about the credits, Mo? No, I didn't actually pay attention. Special thanks have some interesting names that you might have noticed. Uh, like what? They include He-Man, Alf, and uh, Rocky. Uh, but uh, also some famous directors thanked in the credits are Robert Zemeckis, John Carpenter, uh, Peter Laird, and Kevin Eastman, the creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Eric Banya, for some reason, is thanked. Tom Savini, Stan Winston, and the great Steven Spielberg are thanked in the closing credits of Plaga Zombie 3. That brings the Plaga Zombie trilogy to an end, Mo. That's it. We're done. The whole series. No more Plaga Zombie ever, ever, ever. Right? Until the U.S. one comes out? What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Coming soon. uh, And you can actually get the scoop on this over at our Facebook group, which we do suggest that you join right now, uh, is Plaga Zombie American Invasion. Uh, It was filming last year. I believe it. uh, We've seen a trailer for it. It it looks like it's close to being complete. Uh, I'm very excited about uh, this uh, this American version of the Plaga Zombie. Uh, now, this is directed by someone else, uh, Gary Medeiros. Uh, it, it apparently does ha- feature uh, our three stars, uh, John West, Bill Johnson, and Max Giggs from the movie, but it is U.S.-based Plaga Zombie American Invasion coming soon. I'm very excited that this is not the end of the story, that this uh, a series will continue in some form. Right. Right. Not too excited about it, Mo. No, I am. I'm just uh, mildly distracted. Sorry. Stop being distracted. Start getting excited. Yeah. That should be the uh, tagline for Plaga Zombie American Invasion coming soon to a theater <laughs> near you. Maybe. <laughs> if you have a really cool home, theater. Home theater. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, now that we're finished the Plaga Zombie films, I would like you to rank them using your memory in terms of best to not as best. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, two, three, one, two, three, one. I am going to, I think I'm going to go with two, one, three. Uh, I, the reason I mean, there is, there's really no wrong answer as long as two is in the first place spot. Two, two is a better movie than three because it's yeah. a little more unhinged. It's not that three is bad. And I don't want to give that impression at all. And when I, no, when we all. say that, it, that it's the least, or I say it's the least of the series, it's only because the, the series in terms of invention, in terms of micro budget filmmaking and using what is available to them. I mean, this is a pretty incredible series. This movie is more, uh, has more of a kind of a standard plot, which is kind of a funny thing to say with how wacky it is, but it, it you know, it really does have a structure which has a lot of gags, but it isn't quite as exciting. And maybe some of that has to do with the fact that they have a bit more talent <laughs> on display, a bit more of a budget right. maybe, and it's a little bit of a slicker production. And for me, my tastes go towards, you know, the inventiveness of the first film, which is when they had, you know, very little available. We're shooting, you know, with, with just what they had on hand with uh, with actors who didn't have a lot of experience, that sort of thing. But you can't go wrong with this series. And what's great about it is you don't have to go wrong. As we mentioned before, you can watch all three films legally for free on YouTube right now. And if you don't, look, I'm just going to say it. You're a chump. Don't be a chump. Go watch the movies. So, Mo, that is the series of Plaga Zombie. Uh, we're done with that for now. Uh, but what are we going to watch on the next episode 
of No Budget Nightmares. And I'm excited to hear this, too, because this is a mo-porn uh, brainchild, which I don't think we've ever encountered on the show before. Um, <laughs> I, I believe every brainchild, <laughs> including the show, is a mo-porn brainchild. Thank you very much. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, man. Um, yeah, next episode we're going to do... Uh, I don't know if you want to call it like a listener's feedback special. A listener uh, feedback a, special. A, a NBN AMA, <laughs> whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're inviting the, the listeners to uh, submit questions, to submit uh, audio clips, to uh, get in touch, to, you know, ask us what they what what they've wanted to know. Like, ask us or to tell us about movies that that they enjoyed. Um, you know, send in audio clips, send in emails, send in uh, messages on Facebook. I, I would probably say better to just send it. You know, through Messenger. Uh, <laughs> if they want to, we can. We, I have an email set up. If you want to, yeah, or you send it to yeah, send it to to the email. If you have questions um, for us, if you have uh, your fa- if you want to talk to us about your favorite low budget, micro budget movie, if you just have a message to send to us, you can do so through info at nobudgetpodcast.com or you can go over to our Facebook group and send it to us through there or message us directly through there. Uh, or you can message us through the website as well, which by the way is right. nobudgetpodcast.com. Hey, we're getting it all done at once, Mo. You can even send it through our various Twitters. You can send it to Mo at drunk on VHS. And what's, don't. You, why is it? Why is that? <laughs> because I will not check it. Send, yeah. Don't send it to me. <laughs> Be- better to send it to me, uh, at, which is at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. Or even E-Y. you can send it through our No Budget Nightmares Twitter, which is at No Budget Podcast. Yeah, I haven't been on Twitter in like months. Join the conversation. Months. It's the hippest of all social media platforms. Sure. It is, Mo. Get with it. Uh, Mo... <laughs> I think that's just about it. Do we have any other things to announce before we finish up here today on the No Bunch of Nightmares podcast? Not that I can think of. Yes, there's one. I have to what? announce that recently I launched a brand new podcast in the year 2020. Uh, it's the year of Cinema Smorgasbord, uh, a new a new uh, website and uh, podcast project, which has replaced the lost, long lamented Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Uh, it's Cinema Smorgasbord. You can go over to cinemasmorgasbord.com to get all the latest news on it or uh, at Cinema Smorg, S-M-O-R-G on Twitter. It's basically an umbrella podcast uh, grouping for a series of podcasts, including podcasts devoted to actors like Dick Miller, the great Dick Miller, uh, Steve Buscemi. We have uh, How Do You Do, Fellow Kids, the cinema of Steve Buscemi. We've already released at this point two episodes. Uh, The first episode is devoted to the life and work of Jackie Chan. We're going chronologically through his career. Uh, And as well as a podcast called Cinema Fantastica, where we take a genre film festival, pick a year, and then put two films that played at that festival against one another. And one other podcast coming in the very near future is one uh, devoted to Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Redux will be in this series as well, as well as a podcast devoted to Filipino actor Vic Diaz, who you might know from a lot of the Roger Corman movies from the mid-70s. Yeah, there's a lot of themed podcasts on Cinema Smorgasbord. Come and join and uh, join our Facebook group as well. Just do a search for Cinema Smorgasbord on Facebook. Hey, hey, Doug. Yes. When do you sleep? 
Look, I have a lot of time when I'm now that I don't have to record Eric Roberts themed podcasts anymore. Honestly, the way that we do it is we record multiple at a time, and like so, I have four already backed up, ready to go. So you know that's why it's a weekly podcast coming out every Monday. Ew, it's it's not that bad. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, it doesn't take a lot of editing if you don't have a, a complex, no budget nightmares like podcast. True. Mo, have you watched any good movies lately? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, surprisingly enough, I actually have watched a movie this last, I watched a movie this last month and a half. Um, <laughs> I, I, I finally, uh, got around to watching a quiet place at a 10, which what do you I, give it, which I, which I had not seen. Um, I, uh, watched it with headphones because it had been suggested that I watch with headphones uh and i'm glad i did because it really really enhanced the experience okay, uh, great. out of out of 10 i don't know maybe like a seven or eight it's pretty good you know like i wouldn't say it was like amazing but it was but i really i i enjoyed it so i'd yeah I'd probably like a seven or an eight okay i think that's that's a pretty good mark sequel to yeah. a quiet place coming pretty soon the trailer looks pretty good got uh, uh killian murphy in it is that how you pronounce his first name killian Killian, yeah. Killian Murphy. Uh, anything else, I'm, Mo, that you've seen recently? No, I've been watching a lot of uh, like a lot of TV shows and playing a lot of video games, but I haven't really been movies. Who like, needs I, them? You know, TV is so good right now. I hear. I mean, uh-huh. uh, honestly, it's because my uh, attention span has become such pure shit that um, that to sit down and like actively try to pay attention to a to a, a movie. When I could just pop on the office for the nine hundredth time, um, you know, the well, the office is going to win out every. Whatever time, calms your jangled say. nerves in the year twenty twenty. Yeah, well, I'm hoping this year it's going to be therapy that calms my jangled. There nerves. There you go. But you know, Mo, I yeah. watched. I'm just going to say really quickly before we finish off here. I watched Parasite a couple of days ago. I loved it. I'm I'm dying to see that. You got to see Parasite. Parasite, got to see it. Uh, it's really good. Uh, and I watched Doctor Sleep, the director's cut, uh, which I loved. I thought it was terrific. Uh, you know, it, I know a lot of people had reservations about it being, uh, you know, a follow up to not only the Shining movie, the Stanley Kubrick movie, but also to the Shining novel and trying to kind of juggle all those elements. I think it's a really well done movie. I think there's something really special to it. I think it examines a really some really interesting themes. It kind of takes the that idea of of uh, substance dependence that the original novel has, and then it, it kind of expands it to like the fear of death and and what that means because you know obviously uh, Stephen King himself is getting a little older and certainly has faced death in the back. I think I th- actually I think it's really well done. I'm a big fan of Mike Flanagan, and uh, I have only seen the director's cut version. Uh, it's over three hours, so you need to set aside some time for it. But I think it's worth pass. I think it's worth the effort, uh, though I had to watch yeah, it in, in no, halves. I, I, I can't. I, I can't. Watching movies is hard, Mo. It's a lot of work, which is why they pay us the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, I think it's time. I think we've said all we can say about Plaga Zombie, the entire series, and everything else going on in our respective worlds. I think it's time for us to say goodnight and let our beloved audience listen to the Plaga Zombie theme one more time. Indeed. Good night, everybody. Good night. Había una vez tres grandes héroes de verdad. Sus 
nombres eran... Johnson? John West. Y yo soy más. Bien, muchachos, ese es el ritmo. Sus vidas eran simples, pero un día sucedió que un plato volador llegó a la tierra. ¡Gracias! 